Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to be motivated by your host, Reverend John Wheeler! Now shut up! You shut up! Sit down! Shut up! Shut up! Hello? I have started smoking a pipe. Remember that episode where I complained about how much that one Renaissance Festival was the worst thing ever? Well, it was. But I got this pipe from it that Alexis bought for me. It was great. Also, I'm out of CBD cigarettes. And the place I get them from is like three minutes in the car from here, but I don't have time for that, so I'm smoking a pipe. So we just sit here. Mm-hmm. Oop. Oop. Get it going. <laughs> because I hope to die before I get put into a retirement community in Florida. Mm -hmm. But that's impossible. Anyway, so, um, this podcast occasionally has a point to it. Or, according to me on the internet, it always does. Which is largely a lie. Uh, but this one, I'm going to make some sort of clickbait thing for. And it's going to be about that Vice documentary. Hang on. Mm. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right, yeah, this isn't going to work. I can't talk and make a pipe happen at the same time. I'm going to go back to CBD cigarettes the minute that it's possible. All right, so, anyway. Uh, yeah, so... All right, though, there was like a reason I was going to get into the, the... I mean, aside from the fact that I wanted to talk about the Vice documentary about the weird, like, Florida retirement complex thing that's, like, ruining the entire world and, like, boomers live there and it's like, wow, you know, always leave things how you found them. Whatever. Uh, part of the basis for that was the fact that, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, Alexis and I got married in Las Vegas, like, last year in late December. So, technically 2021. Um, I, it was still those weird, cheap COVID prices where people were like, people don't fly around in airplanes. People don't go to Las Vegas. So, like, flying out there, dirt nothing. Uh, renting out the penthouse of the Bellagio, which, though it was haunted, was still a great deal. Um, and having a wedding in there, which, by the way, like, the... Like, any... Every single person I've ever talked to, that the, the penthouse of the Bellagio had more square footage than their parents' house. Like, it's just no matter what. Even if it's other people that were older, their parents' house. No, it was huge. And you're like, that must have cost a fortune. Well, it should have, but it didn't. Because they were like, oh, it's COVID. No one's going nowhere. So blah, 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 blah. So that all happened. And, um, you know, we had lots of fun. Uh, her parents were there, her grandpa was there, brothers, sisters, their extended, you know, lovers, uh, my parents, everybody. And one of the things that we went to was, uh, Alexis and I and my mom and dad went to a casino hotel thing called the Tuscany. And at the Tuscany, they had this thing, which was, 
it's like a tribute band. It's like Hairball, but instead of doing Motley Crue and Ozzy, they do the Rat Pack. Like, you know, instead of a guy being like, this guy's being Vince Neil, and this guy's being Ozzy, it's like, this guy is being Frank Sinatra, and this guy is being Sammy Davis Jr. And But they did great, and it was amazing. They had a live band with, like, a real brass section. Like, it was the shit, and it was awesome. But the thing was, is the hotel it was at was a scary dump. Like, you don't notice because they're like, oh, the, the, the concert you go to comes with, like, a complimentary, like, meal at their nice Italian place. And you're like, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, and you can eat that pizza pie. <laughs> and before you go see <laughs> Dean Martin and sing about it, uh, it was, like, super fun and nice. But Vegas is funny because, you know, it's like, okay, the restaurant was nice. The show was nice, but then you can like walk 10 feet out of the show to the casino area and the casino area right outside of the show looked like a bus station in Detroit. Like it's like it was off the main strip, like the saddest, most desperate people were just smoking cigarettes because you can. Wait, this just, is like the Tuscany? The Tuscany, yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of this one. In, oh, of, 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 of course you haven't because it's a shithole. And, but, you know, so... I it, think a it, lot of shitholes in Vegas, though, so... Well, that's where this story is fun because then, see, uh, my parents recently, I think that maybe they're home now, I don't know, but they, they were like, we went to Vegas again. And they're, like, being naughty because they didn't tell me as if I'm paying attention. <laughs> it's like, we're in Vegas. I'm like, all right. Like, we went to the Tuscany. Like, oh, really? It's like, yeah, we thought there'd be less noise and problems off of the main strip. And it's like. Oh, it's uh, off the main strip. Yeah. It's one of the last places before you get to the just where people live in Las Vegas, which fucking yeah. is nowhere you want to be. And so they, they were. You know, they did their best, and they're like, hey, well, maybe, you know, we saw a fun show, we had an Italian meal, and we were going to ignore how scary the casino part of it was. We kind of just, like, the the ceiling in the casino outside of where we saw the Rat Pack was exactly as high as it is in my basement here, and <laughs> we're just smoking cigarettes and playing slot machines, not because they were on vacation, but because maybe they might win, and they finally can escape the hell that is their life. And so they were like, hey, this would be a good hotel to spend our fucking weekend and um, so I get like a text from my mom that's like, so we were in the Tuscany. We went to Vegas, by the way. And I'm like, hey, good for you guys. You're living your you're living your life in a fun way. And I want that for everyone. Uh, and they're like, I uh, we were having breakfast and I opened up the patio doors and sat on the couch. And then a crazy man walked in from the street and started yelling at us. And we had to call security and <laughs> Like, all this shit happened. This is before I knew where they were staying. And I'm like, what? How did a crazy man get to the 30th floor on a reasonable, you know, hotel? Oh, we didn't stay there. We stayed where crazy people are, like, waiting outside for you to open the door for them. And whatever. And they were like, oh. And then, like, security, like, got the guy. And he's like, get out of here, you guy. And I won't, you know, my mom used some descriptive things about what the guy looked like, which I don't think are that important, but, you know, use your imagination. And I was like, yeah, all right, fun, everybody. You know, your parents. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Oh, and I got to use one of my favorite things, which is uh, 
you know, a long time ago, I was, you know, told when you're visiting older relatives, you don't, you never ask them how they're doing. You say, it's good to see you. Cause I never knew that. Okay. Oh, no. I, I was taught this. It's actually really important. You go, it's good to see you because they're waiting for you to go, how are you doing? So they can unload about all their surgeries and things. And they're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're start. like, it's okay. good to see you. And then they're just like. <laughs> It's good to see you. Ah, it's like they took a pint of fluid out of my... I didn't ask. Yep. Like, no, I, the, the the tube went into my... I'm like, mm, I just said it was good to see you. So guess what? You were raised in the 60s and it's impolite to bring up something that disgusting. Yeah. So that's a trick I learned. Um, cool. And I got to use it again. You know, because my, my, you know, they, they sent me a thing about this. They were like, this happened to us. And I'm like... I I, I, I I acted on the fly. I was proud of myself because I used that knowledge, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one-to-one. I had to like, kind of like, dodge, you know, dodge and weave. Like, I was like, okay. I was like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad you guys are okay. And I'm glad it didn't get any worse than it did. Because what that does is that shuts the door to like, because if you go, Oh my God! Are you okay? It's like, well, yeah, well. Here's the thing: there was a black man. Uh, you know, you, nope, none of that. You're like, well, I'm glad it wasn't any worse than it was. And they were like, yeah, because it could have been worse. And I'm like, yep. And it wasn't. And that's the end of that. And <laughs> it's such a wonderful thing. And it was, you know, I was taught by the very same people to use that tactic. And uh, I don't think they realized it would come back around the way it did. Where it's like, well, I'm so glad that it wasn't any worse than it was. And they're like, because it could have been so much worse, you know? Yep. I'm glad it wasn't. So now we have to talk about something else. Not how scared you were and what the world's coming to. Nope. Oh, it's always about That's, what the world's coming Oh, it doesn't matter what the world's coming to because you know what? It could have been a lot worse, but God bless us all. I'm glad it wasn't. That's just the <laughs> That's the wonderful part. And it worried. They're like, yeah, well, thank you. I'm like, you're welcome, which they love hearing. They don't want to hear no problem. They want to hear you're welcome. And I was happy to say it because that was the end of our talk. Um, anyway, <laughs> that sort of inspired me to, and I will say that, like, I normally don't call people out by name because typically when I, when I'm screaming about shit on here, like, Somewhere between 100 and 157,000 people have said and done whatever. So it's like, yeah, it's not about you. Uh, but in this case, it actually is. Someone who does watch this podcast, who goes by the name of Mike Oliver, uh, brought that documentary to my attention, the Vice documentary about the weird old folks home called The Village down in, I'm not sure if it's, they, they talk about the Ever, Everglades. Um, It's near Orlando. Okay, so it's Orlando. So it is like Disney, which by the way. Yeah, oh. and it's, it's, it's spreading. <laughs> no, it is. It is the, the America, the, the Florida is America's penis and the herpes is spreading. Like that is <laughs> the thing. But um, yeah, they talk about how it was like, oh, it was only up further north, but they're not even talking about like, Flor here's the weird thing. Florida's huge. Like, they don't deserve to have the voting power they do because, like, I feel like if you never went to school and you just live outside, like, I don't think you get to decide who's in charge. But 
it is like the size of California almost. Like it is this giant, well, here's the other giant thing about peninsula. Florida, though, it's like there's way less like native Floridians or what do you want to call them. They're everyone from Florida is a transplant. Yeah. Well. So. To be fair. I mean, well, no, it does depend on what part of California. Like, a lot of Los Angeles people are transplants because what is it? Morons you're friends with going like, I'm going to make it. And then you go to California. But, you know, Florida is just the other half of that where it's like, I'm going to go die. Like, <laughs> all right. And they go down there. Um, but, yeah, it is, it is kind of this, like, giant weird population and it's always been a big population of people who are like retiring or whatever which is hilarious because it's so miami adjacent in the amount of like old stuck in their ways racist weirdos that like move down to florida to live um thank you that's incredible my wife has rolled me a cbd joint uh by the way alexis is a great joint roller we are not heavy, heavy, heavy duty weed people. I, I've said it on this before and to anyone who will listen to me in real life, I wish we were like if the solution to my problems was weed, man, like I would just have no problems because it's fucking everywhere. And everyone is like, Oh, we're cool with this. Like no one wants to go a nice combination of mushrooms and opium will maybe make me level if I combine it with booze. And everyone's like, what's wrong with you? Just smoke weed all day. But nevertheless, my beautiful, beautiful child bride knows how to roll a fat joint. And I have... She's 28, come on. Uh, but our friend Figgles grows CBD plants. Uh, Figgles Farms CBD, shout out. And uh, so we do have a lot of actual, like, pure CBD flowers, like, around and in the house that I do like to smoke frequently. And you know what? I don't always smoke it in the form of a joint. Uh, but Alexis well, rolls a fucking mean one. And so, do I have a lighter, though? You that's the torch. real... Co- oh, yeah, I do. You're right, I have this thing. That's that'll a, do. That's a wonderful, that'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> you know. And we'll, you know, all right, we'll get back to the retirement thing again while we watch me partake in what is barely drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if I pair it with enough wine, it's closer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's actively on fire. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, it's happening. Oh, yeah, that sweet Carolina smoke. <laughs> That's pretty great, actually. All right. Well, thank you, Alexis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's microwaving something up there. I hope it's macaroni and cheese. I hear a lot of beeps. Okay. You get one beep, leads to another beep. Pretty soon, you got the beeps. Mm -hmm. It smells like crime, actually. Yeah, no, this is (laughs) great. Uh, All right, so yeah, I was... Anyway, yeah, whatever. So I was talking about how we decided to do a special episode about this Vice documentary we saw. And it's called, like, what? Like, Guns, Booze, and Golf? 
retirement is hell or something. Uh, okay, so it's a it's um, a documentary on a documentary, um, or they they just interview the uh, the director after they show the documentary. Yeah. Um, so. But it is a documentary. I mean, it is it is it, it is in and of itself. What it's called. But it's about this um, retirement golf, thing. Golf, booze, and guns. Golf, booze, and guns. Boomer paradise. And it is. And it's, it's, it, it's so, okay. The, the basic premise is that there's these giant, and we were trying to figure out where it was, and who cares, I guess. The, the joint distracted me to the point where it's like, let's just start from a pure place. It's somewhere in Florida. God's blind spot. Who gives a shit? Uh, but it, it's this thing where it's this like giant retirement community and it's hard to even start. Cause there's like all this stuff where they're like, oh yeah. Like for example, cause see, this is what confused me. Like, like I assumed when I was watching the very first part of it that like, it's completely private, right? Like, so the streets on it aren't real streets. So you can just, you know, for example, like they're like they're doing karaoke and they're drinking and they're driving golf carts around as it's like a their golf cars. Golf cart community. You can drive cars, but they there's signs everywhere that's like this is a golf cart community. Yeah, which <laughs> is just meaningless. It's like we decided you to just are watching these like old people just zipping around them and shit. Yeah, they all but they all have and they're cars. They're drunk as fuck. Well, that's the okay. They're just Mr. So, Leahy like. No, that's golf carts zipping around these roads. That's the thing. I'm like, is it illegal? Okay, if we discover nothing on this podcast as usual, uh, but if it's one thing, is it that can you like? What are the ramifications of driving drunk in that community? Because a, I might retire there if that's actually a thing. You're just allowed to like, okay, no one I gives a know, shit. I can go do karaoke and just drive through someone's lawn and they're like, oh yeah, it's fine, it's yeah, fine, it it's fine, grandpa. It's, <laughs> it's private property, but yet but it's it isn't. still owned it's city by, property the, by the or city state, the state or whatever it is. Yeah, so so like part of the problem is is they're like, they keep building this, this community and, uh, and it, they have to share it with with outsiders too. Yeah, you can drive through it, but they're like, okay. "Why but are you here?" They actually have like gates. Yeah, they they're illegal. Gates. But it's not illegal. Well, but it's not like. But the issue they don't have legal you, like, authority. Kind of, it's sort of like a gated community, but it's not an actual gated community. It's really just supposed to be an inconvenience for regular folks. So they go so they don't. There. Yeah. But they had to like you know you just go and you push a button so this gate opens, but it's. It's city streets, but yet they're trying to, like, I don't know. Yeah, they're make trying to make it, it be like, well, but you can't it. really go here. And I feel like I'm doing a terrible job. So, there, okay. So, it is this weird retirement community complex. It's like this huge thing. And it's like a fake residential area. It's like the you know yeah, like, they a, have a town like a square. thing in Farmington full of townhomes that have like streets with streetlights. But it's like yeah, but people aren't driving through here to go to like work. This is just part of this like this was a field. And then now there's like a grid of streets, so you feel like you live where Don Draper lived in the suburbs of Austin, New York, you know whatever. But it's not you know yeah. But it's that same thing. It's that same phony. 
But it, it raises the question, though, of like, is a phony community any different than the real community that you like long for and remember? Because if you grew up in some weird suburb, that was a field, too. And I think that that's. Well, that's the, why this type of living appeals to that age group, because it's like, oh, it's the 1950s again. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, there's. You waved to Bob next door. You waved to Bob. There's no black people. Like, it's this whole thing. And that's clearly part of the appeal. Like, in this documentary, they show everyone just like sitting there watching Fox News being like, the country's not going in a good direction. And it's like, what do you care? You're in a retirement complex owned by some bizarre, probably by Saudi Arabians. Like, like are the actual people that like the money goes to in this chunk of Florida, which is like a sinkhole. And it's like, you're running out of water and it's this whole thing. And you're like, yeah, oh, I, 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 I hope AOC doesn't get, get what? You're going to die in three years. You're living in this thing with belly dancing classes in a pool where you can drive your golf cart around drunk. Like, what part of the real world actually affects you? And it's such a beautiful explanation. Like, it's this microcosm of the, the literally the boomer generation, if they all were to go to this place, will die as they lived. Like, if you watch Mad Men, you watch, like, Don Draper's kids grow up. Like, we're going to private school, like, whatever. Like, the boomers will die as they lived. A, a stupid... Like, full of leaded gasoline, lead poisoning that has dropped their IQ to who cares what. Like, uh, a giant drain on natural resources. Exclusive, like, cheap labor does all the grass cleaning and whatever. They don't want to have to talk to them. There's no black people allowed. They're using up all the water. Like, it's just this giant That's so suck. True. It's not that there's no black people allowed. It's just they can't afford it, according to the residents. Which is, by the way... How they've always done it. They're like, oh, yeah, you can't afford it. Like, well, I have enough money. It's like, well, your credit score is not good enough. Well, who decides what that is? Like, well, well you, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's always been there since the caveman days. Like, did you invent that last year? Like, what the hell? Like, no, your credit score is 200. That's low. Who gave me that? Well, I did, but not because you're black. It's just because, listen, look. Apply again next year, and then they don't let you. Like it, the the, the credit scores and redlining and like all of that shit. It is, it's a scream that that it, yeah they can't even in this thing in Florida. They're like yeah, it's it's full of evangelicals and I'm, oh listen to me, I don't want to live there. And if I was black, I would super not want to live there. Well, unless I was really feeling my oats. Like if I was me and black, I'd be like, let me in here. I want to sing karaoke with you guys. They'd be like, well, of course you'd be allowed if you had enough money. It's like, I have millions of dollars. Like, well, good. You'll be the one that we can point to when people call us racist. Hey, John, John Watson, the black dude. Like, yeah, he's our friend. (laughs) Well, there's just one. Yeah, no, that's how it's set up. It's set up like the rest of the world got set up by those people. And it's, it's, hilarious and it's just no different they're like we have a we have we have karaoke there's trump rallies there's like 1950s cars blah 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 and uh you know you, you anyone's welcome if they can afford it and they pass the drug test and you know yeah of course yeah it's great no no it's yeah yeah there's nothing weird about this they're doing drugs up in there <laughs> oh as long as they're prescription and you don't go yeah no it, it's just one of those things where you're you're it's like you can't go Hey, you're not allowed. It's like the roads, like the the gates. It's like, okay, you can't tell people they 
can't come in, right? When they're driving. But you can set up gates and then question them. And they're like, well, they probably shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be harassing anyone that wants to drive through there. And it's like, yeah, you know, but no one's stopping us. And that's how they keep anyone that's not like an old white person out or whatever. Like, you know what? I want to move there right now. Like, what the fuck is stopping me? Other than the fact that I maybe don't have enough money. They never, they never mentioned what it cost. Like, they, they mentioned like the monthly, whatever. And, but do you uh, have to, do you have to buy like a three hundred thousand dollar house in the neighborhood or like? Yes, you have to live within the neighborhood. No, 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 I know, but is that like you buy the real estate? Like, a, but I feel like it's since it's a planned community. It's like an HOA. It's like okay. It's like that. Um, you buy. So it's just like a, a just a nastier version of what these people have lived their whole life as. But without having to deal with their kids or whatever, and they just they're like, yeah, it's it's like an HOA, but it's like a super HOA. Yeah, it's yeah, like an H three A. They're maintaining all these like fifty thousand golf courses that they have in there because they need more than one. Uh, they water their lawns for them like every day. No, their like, lawns are golf courses. Yeah, and it like these rains perfect. every day in Florida. So why the fuck are they doing that? Um, well, they couldn't. They can't risk the grass being brown for a second. Brown no. grass reminds them of brown people, and that would just upset <laughs> them and send them to an earlier than they should have grave. <sighs> There's pools. No, actually, that is the funny thing about it is where like I'm not even a hundred percent sure. Like the the documentary is as great and fun as it is. It doesn't exactly give you the the parameters of like what like okay like what do you pay to like stick your parents in this or like whatever like because it's not so it was about like it's about people about them making the choice to go there themselves and then just kind of like once they're in their bubble they don't even really think about their families on the outside no and that was one of the funny things that one of the you know, some of the, the more spry couples mentioned they're like our kids don't sit there asking us to babysit anymore like this is great and it's like the only reason their they, kids they had kids is probably be- our schedule yeah know, sort of stuff like that like, and the only reason that their kids probably had kids is because they were demanding grandkids from them. Because otherwise, there's no reason to ever have kids. It's a pointless nightmare. And they're just like, well, we convinced them to. And then we moved down here. And then you're on your own own like we were. I mean, we had a lot of help. And everything was cheap back then. But see, here's the thing. This is a you problem. Like, they literally talk about how people in their 40s are going to have to, like, deal with climate change and stuff. They're like, well, maybe that's them. But Like they've I'm just sure been. Glad I'm not in my forties. Yeah, they've just been huffing like... fucking lead gasoline. Like, just like yeah, no, it is weird. It is the 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 bookend of like again. They were the kids of like, and I use Mad Men because it's like I mean I I knew my grandparents and everything like that, but it's like getting to the deeper like they were the children of the first ultra successful American people, and they grew up being like. I don't know if this is cool, man. I'm going to be a hippie. I don't fuck you and your million dollar trust fund. I mean, I'll take it, but I'm going to waste it. And then they had kids and they worked at this job. And the the big thing that I love to make fun of, and I will always make fun of this till the day I fucking die because I do my best to not work that hard if possible. But when, when they mentioned it in this documentary, but I've heard it before from just like real people and they're like I've worked my whole life so and it's like I 
I deserve blah, 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 blah. It was like when COVID hit, people would be like, I don't, what, I've worked my whole life and I want to travel and now I can't and whatever. And here's the thing, Aunt Sue. Everyone has worked their whole life. Do you not understand that? Like, I was the, the, the HR person at this thing where I had to answer people's questions almost four times a week and go to lunches, and it was fucking hard. And now, okay, I want a reward for that. Where is my treat at the end of this thing where it's like, there's people who have been, like, picking up trash for, like, 50 this years. Is my trophy. <laughs> yeah, where is my... Oh. Yeah, where is my trophy for participating? Because that's what you did. I you participated you, you went to Where? school, and then you went to go get a job, and then you had kids, and oh my god, you had to raise them! <laughs> you participated. Anticipated. And where is your trophy? I understand that. There's people who like, you take, look, look, it's, it's wild. It's a three-dimensional graph. You're like, like, you know, I'm a person that grew up in the 60s and 70s and I worked my whole life and whatever. Like, okay, a person in the 60s and 70s that grew up in a country besides America. It's like they worked their whole life and they died at 49 years old, which was pretty good. And now they're just buried in an unmarked thing in Northern Africa or anyone like, 40 years before you, like, your parents were in, like, World War One, and just, I worked my whole life in a textile factory, and I lost a finger, and my husband died in World War One. Did they get a vacation at the end of their life, or in the middle of it, or ever? No. <laughs> and then we're all, they're like, you all bitch, because you want a vacation, because you've worked there your whole life. And that's the thing. There's two things so that are funny. We don't want to work at all anymore. Well, Nobody fuck it. Nobody wants to work. We're still living off of the unemployment. Hey. <laughs> well, and that's the, that's the beautiful thing, though. Like, if we had to work as little as you did, Grandma, we'd be happy to go to work. It's like, I had to talk to my boss once, and then three months later, my husband had to go to lunch with him, and then we had to talk to another guy because he's a salesman. Oh, my God, it's so much. Plus, we had kids, I guess. I don't know where they went. But the thing is, is that, like, we had to work. And it's like, people have, like, five jobs. And they're like, oh. And they're like, oh, you're just going to complain. I had to talk to a man once. And he said that we had to talk to another man to get the product in and then there was an advertising and that was someone else's job but I had to I had to I had to call them on the phone once I remember anyway that's the whole of my 40 year career and I need a vacation and you're going to bitch about how you have to like do things like I didn't go to college because I was born smart enough to do nothing fucking money forever yeah no uh it is like a, a marvelous thing that, thank God, that at least, and I mean, not the poor ones, they just die of preventable diseases because we live in America, and hey, you know what? Maybe it's a just society after all. It gets almost everybody except for the rich. It gets like the the like like eighty per, the lower eighty percent of the boomers that didn't get rich are like yeah yeah no no insulin for you you die like cool like hopefully your kids got rich it's like well they should it's like you didn't support them like but I need help like yeah yeah you're gonna die but the real the the top twenty percent of them get to go in this thing in Florida where. <laughs> 
they get to they get to do belly dancing lessons. Which, by the way, when they were younger, they would have been like, "I don't want to do this." What is this from India? People have tattoos. Oh, now it's fun. Yeah, wee. And then you get to go drink and do karaoke for Radiohead songs, and ultimately. More than anything else, that's what I wanted to bring up, is in this documentary on Vice, which you should watch. Uh, towards the end, and I think it's to make a point, because it has the whole I don't belong here thing or something. I should say that this documentary is a little heavy-handed, and I have grown just worldly, and by worldly I mean bitter enough to be like, as much as I agree with a lot of this documentary, I am still capable of going, yeah, but like... Who gives a shit? Like, you made this thing, and I get it. We need to know that. And they're like, look. I'm like, yeah, but that's just America. Like, how is this? Like, going like, can you believe? I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. What, they're going to waste things and be just that they're watching Fox News? We already knew that. It's like looking into the bucket of truth in uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade. Did you ever see that? I know you've heard enough about it. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> So there's, I think it was one of the last episodes of the original run of the Upright Citizens Brigade. And one, it, it was a kind of a sketch comedy, Mr. Show, I don't know, thing where it all ties together. And one of the, I think it was one of the last episodes, I think that was the significance, is that someone's like selling a house. Like there's like real estate or whatever. And uh, there's like a running joke that there's all this weird shit in the house and there's like a hot chick's room. But they're like, uh, to be honest, you know, the owner installed the hot chick, hot chicks room in the eighties. A lot of the chicks are not so hot anymore, but you know what? We could work whatever. And it's this like weird thing, but the house also contained this thing called the bucket of truth. And what would happen is they'd be like, well, you know, if you are going to buy this house, you have to look into the bucket of truth. And, you know, people would. And most of it would happen is they would they would look in the bucket of truth and they'd like pull their head out and start screaming and just run into the hot chick's room. Like that. <laughs> like, ah! Whatever. But at the very end, there's like a character that's like been through a lot or, you know, whatever. And I'm oversimplifying this. You know, watch the Upright Citizens Brigade. It's on something I'm sure it's very funny. And they were like, well, okay, man. You passed all these tests, but you have to look into the bucket of truth. And this guy's like, fine. And he like just sticks his head into the bucket of truth. And he like, Pulls his head out and he like looks at the guy. He's like, "Don't you think I already knew that?" And then he just like walks away. <laughs> and I'm like, "That is what this documentary is to me." We're like, "There's these people, and they live in this thing. They're like cutting down trees and they're using up all the water and they're wasting everything and they're abusing these like younger people that work there and it doesn't pay shit. And some Saudi prince is making all the money and whatever. It's like." Can you believe that that's happening in America and in Florida of all places? Like, don't you think I already knew that? And I run into the hot chicks room because that's, you know, they're in their 50s. Good enough. I'm fine. But yeah, I, 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 I think it was good. And I think, I hope my rambling and screaming has somewhat given you an idea as to what it's about and that I'm on your side, that it's like ridiculous that that exists or whatever. But it, I also want to sort of review the documentary as like, yeah, okay. It's it's such a like, and? Like, it's like the Salem bitch trials. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like an old Saturday Night Live thing where, um, you know, there's a Salem witch trials, right? You know, the, the, we all know what that is. But there was that Salem bitch trials thing. And, you know, Phil Hartman was the judge, which is great. 
And um, Mike Myers was accusing one of his fellow towns people of committing the act of witchcraft. It was Shannon Doherty. It was Shannon Doherty, and he was sitting there because it wasn't about witchcraft; it was about bitchcraft. And it, you know, so he was like, <laughs> "I ran into her in the night, and she was summoning the devil." And then you know, Phil Hartman's like, "And and that's how I feel." Like Phil Hartman, I won't do the rest of the bit. But it's like, do you know that in America that, like, this generation of people is living in this giant resource suck of, like, racist bullshit? Like, oh, in Florida? And? Like, I thought that's just what Florida was. Like, I don't think I learned a single goddamn thing from watching this documentary. I mean, it's good that other people now see it. But it's I one didn't of the, know about that community in in general. But, but couldn't I you have ass- predicted it? Well, yes. Well, I assumed <laughs> that we already have that stuff. It's just like... But, yeah. yeah like, that's the thing. You literally are like, yeah, wasn't that already happening? Like, no, this is new. Like, okay. I mean, it's not... Well, I mean, this has been... They started... This particular one has been um, started in the 70s. And it's just... It, it boomed <laughs> in yeah. the 90s, and then it started to grow, and it's like a huge portion of the state now, which is yeah, Florida. It, which is supposed to be just. But like, that's the you thing know, you're what like. You think like an area of like condominiums would be, you know? Yeah, maybe uh, you know a few miles, but this is like. But we're learning that. Oh. Did you know that a giant chunk of Florida is a retirement community? For awful fucking white people that have enough money to where they're cut off from the outside world. They sit around watching Fox News. They don't talk to their children because they feel like they're ungrateful. But you know what was interesting about this documentary? Yeah. Is it didn't actually take a stance on anything. What it left you with was just asking kind of like an open-ended question. like, Is this bullshit? Yeah, I mean... And it's it's really about ageism. Yeah. I mean, oh, look, like, if I... That's a thing, like... And how we view old old people and getting old, um, we don't talk about the fact that we die. There's an interesting part in that... Um, oh, yeah. In that documentary where this woman says, like, well, we, you know, when the ambulances come in, they turn off their siren because I imagine Otherwise if, be if, if I heard, if, if they left the siren on, I imagine we'd be hearing that all the time and yeah. nobody wants to hear that. So nobody there wants to actually confront their death. They want to maintain this. Like, no, that, that first scene in the church, youth. they talk about how, like, you can only drink so many margaritas and only square dance in the swimming pool full of piss so much, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, but your friends and neighbors that get called home, and they say that a lot of that, by the way, that called home, because it's like that desperate Christianity thing where it's like, don't even call it death. Say, God called you home. He called you home. You know what? I, I was actually having a, a parallel thought to that, too, where, you know, that in like a lot of places around the world and a lot of ancient cultures and stuff like reincarnation is like a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if that fell out of favor when you know big agricultural oligarchs or whatever like the thing where royalty began where it's like we own all the land that you were born on 
and whatever. Like, you know, reincarnation makes sense. You're like, if, if you're like born in, and it also just kind of like makes sense to me that that actually might be how, if it works like anything at all, I would guess that it works like that where consciousness is like recycled because it's the same energy that's part of everything else. It just like dies, regrows, whatever in the world. Like it, you know, almost scientifically, it kind of makes sense to me. Sure. And apparently it made sense to a lot of ancient civilizations and cultures and some today. But it fell out of favor when there began to be like a giant monarch that owned all the land that you just toil on or whatever. And they're like, hey, when you die, you come back. And they're like, into this again? Fuck you. <laughs> Holy shit. Into another surf like, and they're like, maybe it'll be a king this time. They're like, there's like what? What are the fuck? They're like pre-agricultural people are it's like they don't know anything about math but they're still like yeah what are the odds of that fucker so they're like um okay fine this isn't working anymore you go somewhere else somewhere far away like to where it's better like why is it better because you're not in charge like i'm doing my i'm making it better for you I, it's not my fault that this is a nightmare even though there's everything you could ever need on earth and the only reason there's scarcity is because i'm taking everything i mean so uh, uh, don't behead me but yeah so like the 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 weird thing about death in our society which i believe also like in agricultural society, I think it got worse. And in, like, industrial society, I think it got even worse. Because industrial society is a weird addendum to agricultural society because it's basically the same idea. Like, the mass production with machines or whatever still is, like, more similar to the, like, we all work on someone else's farm thing of agrarian whatever like you know when we were just hunters and gatherers like no one was in charge of everyone so we're like hey we live we die we live again that made sense but it's like really like we we die and then we just have to fucking do this again like no 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 you get a treat see when you die you get rewarded and that i think is what kind of Something reignited that that concern with me where it's like, hey, guess what? Like, you go to heaven was just a part of, like... Give that... us all your riches so that, like... Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's fine that, that you live in servitude yeah. because you don't have to do this again. And it turns out, like, you know, like, yeah, it's like, oh, you're you're free of this. And the only reason it sucks, by the way, has nothing to do with me owning everything. I just, I, I, God, God, God favored me. And he'll favor you once we're all dead. Like, like heaven is a carrot on a stick that extends past our earthly uh, ability to understand things. Where it's just like, you might work real hard and get nothing. But you know what you'll get? Something after you're dead. And that shit actually works, which is terrifying. But like the boomer generation is the last people that were like, that it kind of yeah, and, they, and they, but that, that language, that language, they get called home. It's like, you're not going to have to like come back as the black Starbucks employee that you threw coffee in their face or whatever. No, 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 no. You go somewhere else where there'll be no black Starbucks employee. The Starbucks will flow from the heavens and you won't have to talk to anybody with blue hair. It's going to be so great. Like, whatever. But it's like the idea that it's like, yeah, you might come back as the Applebee's server who you fucking didn't tip. Like, is probably scary. It's like, oh, God called you home. He called your neighbor's home. We're all going home to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Like, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood is horrifying, though. 
I like Mr. Rogers. I love Mr. Rogers, but the land of make-believe is absolute horror. Oh, that puppet shit? Yeah, yeah. no one likes puppets. That's terrifying, and that's no, scary. No, his actual neighborhood's cool, but his other... Yeah, he, he hangs out, like, he, his, his mailman, like, back in, like, the 60s, like, was a black dude, and they, like, soaked their feet together. Yes. Why don't you take a load off? And, like, yeah. well... No, no, all those things were terrific. Yeah. I'm talking about the really shitty puppet show weird crap that was... I, don't I guess that was a that was a budgetary thing. I guess like I get I, I watched I watched an, uh, a documentary about Mister Rogers and I cried like seven times during I think or whatever. I watched that scene. Yeah, possibly. And it there's like there's been a few and it was one of the good ones, but yeah, they they did say, however, that the land of make believe was supposed to be like a whole thing, and they could only really afford puppets. Like it was. It, it was because they just didn't have the money or whatever. They're like, and that so, was like the worst part of the show. I loved it when he'd go on location and take you to where like they. Oh, he went to where made, they built robots. I didn't see that. I remember oh. seeing that one. They made crayons. They made yes uh, marble like marble tables or whatever. Like that was fun. I don't know. No, he um. There's an old black and white one where he, him, and um Bob Moog, from Moog oh, synthesizers, like. Uh, Awesome. And it's it's actually that one. It's when it was still black and white. It was incredible. It probably wasn't cool. like before. It was like the big syndication. It was like the early, early, early Mister Rogers, mm-hmm. like regionally, wherever. But they had a thing, and they had like a bunch of little kids. Like ah, we're gonna talk to Bob Moog, and he's gonna make us some music. And he has like this giant Emerson, Lake and Palmer fucking goddamn synthesizer thing. It's like, and the kids are like just like spinning in circles. Mister Rogers is like. Yeah, that's crazy. It's all black and white, and he's just like turning these knobs on these machines that are making all these beeps and atonal like nightmare sounds, and all the kids are just like spinning in circles and dancing. Like, yeah, that's the Mister Rogers I love, and people forget about that. And he goes to where they, yeah, the the on location stuff was his like main thing. He would go and he would talk to like boring shit, like the Moog thing. I mean, that's amazing. He went to a place that actually made like robots once. Like he did some crazy shit, but. He also would just be like, here's where your taxes get filed. Like, he would just go everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) He'd be like, like, all right, uh, uh, this is where they make rubber tires, which is interesting, sure. But it's like, he would be like, hey, kids. But, you know, and I agree with that idea, though, where it's like, you know, it's like little kids don't know what's boring yet exactly. It's like they might be bored by the Moog factory. Like, I... Which you know, but none of it's boring. He's just just showing you how stuff is made. Yeah, he's so we like. We never would have known that if we didn't have. It's him. Like, hip, he's we hypnotic. Never told that. <laughs> Mister Rogers had a hypnotic quality to him, and not that it's like bad, but he also was like a pastor and everything. Mm-hmm. So he and you know the thing with church is it's you know the even the music was designed like the pipe organ thing with like the low bass in it. It was played at like. 110 beats per minute and it kind of like it's like it, it was designed to be hypnotic and it, i don't even know if, you know it's obviously not like a madison avenue like here's what we're gonna do but they just figured it out over thousands of years like mm-hmm. this is what kind of like lulls people into this thing these certain frequencies at this certain rhythm and the guy goes here's what we're going to talk about today and it just like just kind of draws you into this stuff which I love, like, I'm a huge fan of all of the nightmarish things that we discovered through those processes. Like, <laughs> I, uh, you know, again, my wife occasionally would be like, 
you know, are you going to, are you going to do that Hitler thing at the beginning of your set? And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And it's like, you know, where there's like a super low basing because I, you know, made the mistake of explaining to her once. And it's like one of the things they would do back in the day was they had speakers and microphones and all these things that were like brand new technology. So they'd be like, they'd be pumping this low frequency, like below 12 Hertz, like this thing uh-huh. that creates paranoia and anxiety and whatever like they knew that it did just like like you can't even you know how some things are so they low play that during his like shouting and shit yes well well uh, here here's here's what they did i'll tell you because i you know, looked at I mean, it i know i know but some of this but right what they did was they would play it before he showed up and so it was like, uh, even, like, if you're like, oh, I have a car with a sub-bass in it, it's nowhere near powerful enough to actually accomplish this. Like, you need huge, huge speakers with so much power going into them. Like, usually when you when you hear, like, a sub-bass, it's like, <clears throat> like, Ghost Man, like, <clears throat> or rap or whatever. It's, like, 30 hertz, 30, 40. And it, it tops out at, like, 80 or something like that. Like, it's really low. But below 12... You can't hear it or feel it. That's the weird thing. Because you're like, oh, you can't hear below 70 or 60 or whatever, but you can feel that that rumble in your chest. Below 12, if something's powerful enough to make a a subharmonic frequency that loud, you cannot hear it or feel it, but your body and brain knows it's there. And it fucks you up. It creates this thing called third man syndrome where it makes you feel like there's someone watching you from behind you when there's not. It makes you want to leave. It just makes you, uh, like, it's. it makes you edgy. And they think the reason for that is is because in nature, the only time that ever occurs is if there's, like, a tectonic plate shifting or a volcano, like, Mount okay. like Pompeii is about to blow up. And it's like, animals will hear it and bolt. Like, if you were to project 12 hertz at any animal that you, a dog, birds, a snake, they will dip. They'll be like, oh, I'm out of here, and whatever. And it's like that same thing that they sense, we sense, but like aimlessly. We don't know what to do. Like, they just follow their instincts. The snakes, the birds, they fly away, they slither away, they go away, um, they run. We go, I, uh, whoa, this ain't no good, or whatever. And yeah, but one of the things they did. Or it creates a sinking feeling. Just something. And that's yeah. the thing. And, and, and they, they figured that out. And in the Third Reich, uh, Germany had like audio equipment that was light years ahead of, you know, that's why, you know, Sennheiser microphones founded in 1945 by whoever. <laughs> like, there's a reason that that shit came out of there. They were like way ahead with the audio stuff. And so they figured out that they could recreate those super low frequencies and it would terrify people. So what they would, but you couldn't hear it or feel it. All it did was terrify you. You didn't know. So what they would do is they'd have those giant rallies or whatever. And they would just like, they would ramp up. They'd start pumping the, just the low below 12 Hertz so low that you can't, whatever. And it's just like, we're in this crowd. We can't leave. We're in this crowd. What are you going to do? Turn and run. There's 5,000 people behind you. You're just stuck. You're just like, okay, okay, okay. And they would like ratchet it up. They would just sit there over time, like turning it up more and 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 more. And then the lights would come on and then Hitler would show up and they would shut it off. And you would feel this relief. You would see the lights go, boom. 
the tubas would start whatever and he'd be like hello everybody and he'd be like oh my god I feel so good and he's here what's he saying the Jews are whatever I'm into it Ah! it was a mind control thing it was very much like the way that the CIA and MKUltra used fucking LSD to fucking try to control people with Charles Manson in the 60s same thing it's just all the way through it's never any different and um yeah, so like when I when I've been doing my solo project at a few big shows, I decided that the intro sample should certainly have an ultra low frequency behind it. So when I show up and the lights turn on, everyone's like real happy to see me and are like freaked out and terrified. You know, is it so wrong to use technology that the, the Third Reich used for evil mind control when I'm trying to like get like a rap career off the ground? I don't know. Probably not. By the way, Meredith, do you remember why I brought this up in the first place? Because Alexis, point, oh, what was it? She said something. Shit. I don't know. I mean, I thought we were talking about old people. No, we are. <laughs> we are. And I think that, you know, old people are susceptible to propaganda. There was something. There was something. There was a I reason. Think I you did make your point already, though. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. So that's like, okay. Well, <laughs> All right. Well, if you're watching this. There was Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. And. and oh, how he, like, I don't know how he was hypnotic. Oh, Yes. Yes! <laughs> okay. No, you brought it back. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Rogers had sort of a... Because, he okay, like, here's the thing. The Third Reich, yeah, they did that. But Church did that centuries even before. Like, the invention of the pipe organ, like, the low end of those things. Yes, that's like, how it was you got very, it. like... So... Th- there was a reason for it. And, you know, Mr. Rogers was... A Lutheran minister or something. He wasn't one of the super evil ones. He was a very, like, you know, people would come up to him and be like, what do you think about gay people? He's like, God loves us all the way we are. Like, he would be like, no joke, I don't, fuck you. Like, you know, he was one of the good ones. But nevertheless, I think some of what he did still took that, like church pipe organ, 110 beats a minute heart rate sort of like thing where he kind of like lulled you in and you're like, Mr. Rogers has all the answers. Him and like, Bob Ross. Yeah, him and Bob. Yeah. Like Bob Ross is a human quaalude. There's no reason <laughs> yes. that, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that you should have like focused on that guy for that long or anything. It's just kind of like, it, shouldn't this be so boring that people just kill themselves? And it's like, yeah, but they don't. They love him. Like whatever. And he also was like a, I think he was, but wasn't Bob Ross? He was in the military. He was like a chaplain or something like that. I thought like, you know. uh, I don't think so. No, no, no. Uh, I can't quite remember. I know he was stationed in Alaska, and that's where he got most of his inspiration. Most of I thought he was like he was either medical or a chaplain or yeah, something. Yeah, I was thinking maybe medic. Because people no. were like, oh, he was like a drill sergeant, like early army and fucking yeah, Full I'm Metal Jackets. Like, sure, it wasn't. Like, how tall are you? <laughs> Five foot ten. I didn't know they stack shit that high. <laughs> you climb obstacles like old people. Fuck. Like whatever. I don't think that was Bob Ross. Like I think yeah, yeah but no. Whatever he was, he was one of those parts of the military that was, like, not a full-blown nightmare. But he did have that thing, that hypnotic thing. That thing when when people explain things to you and you're just like, I should fall asleep or turn this off or not care, but I can't stop paying Soothing. attention. Yeah. Soothing nature. I don't know. There is magic to just, it. There's some people that just have that. A lot of, a lot of people you may know just... You feel like 
good around them. You do. And I would love to be able to bottle that and sell it for my own advantage. But so then you're I, not one of those people. <laughs> hey, Bob Ross and Mr. Rogers did pretty well for themselves, right. if I might you, say yeah, so. Yeah, you but, got me. <laughs> uh, they, they just, but of course no, it could have been. somebody else saw it and bottled it up. No, that's probably I don't know. With Bob, okay, I will, I'll say this. With Bob Ross, that might have been true. I think Mr. Rogers knew what he was doing. Because, I mean, he went to, like, Congress. Mr. Rogers did some crazy shit. Like, he, like, with PBS, he, like, went up and got in Richard Nixon's face. He's like, and he's like, oh, more PBS. And he's like, that's for the children and blacks. And he's like, I think that we could make the world a better place. And Mr. He was just, like, Richard Nixon was like, why would we ever want to do this? And Mr. Rogers was like, stare into the hypnotic power of my evil eye. Richard I was like, we're going to fund PBS from now on. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah, Mr. Rogers uses. No, I think, you know, Mr. Rogers was the, like the greatest Sith Lord of our times, but he used it for good. Like, he was like, he didn't want, you know, galactic, like, empire. He just wanted to, like, make a show that made people feel good about themselves and, like, whatever like that. But you saw it when, you know, you take a man like that, and he just moves through life, making good things, and people like him. But think about the reach that that guy had. And he was, like, fought from every angle. So he had to have the power of the dark side of the Force working for him. There's no way. Because particularly then, the 60s and 70s, when America was at its absolute evilest, like, they are just like, we need to stop this. And he was like, I think that we should probably just go ahead and do what I say. And they're like, I, uh... And like anyone that tried to stop him, he'd be like, "I'm Mr. Rogers. I'm making a good point." He was I think we're also get- Canadian, though. I think he lived in Canada. Everyone's though. Canadian. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, if you heard of anything, because America is a meat grinder. Like, you know, no one gets famous making music or helping children from America. They're like, "I'm going to do something besides work 50 hours a week," and then they die. Like, that's all that happens in this country. They don't ever make it. And move to uh, wherever the fuck nope, Florida. No, nope. that's just people who are like, I worked my whole life. I worked in finance, yelling at people smarter than me and telling them to shut up even when they were right. And I need to retire comfortably. Like that's them. But when someone like Mister Rogers like enters the world, he's okay. Like you know, we see him right, mm-hmm. and we're safe. Like Mister mm-hmm. Rogers, he comes. He's like 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 cross legged, floating on like a pillow. He's like. Hello, I'm here to help you. And we're like, very good, Mr. Rogers. I love everything you have to say. And he's like, very good. And he floats away. And then like Richard Nixon comes and he's just kind of like, you're going to stop what you're doing. And he's like, I'm going to give you a chance to take that back. And he's like, oh, I I, uh, I don't think this is on the drug war. It's like, I think. And then just like, he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'd like you to look inside this little magic box. And it's like the Ark of the Covenant. And just like goes, going. He's like, I don't know. Just Richard, there's like been seven fake Richard Nixons because Mr. Rogers has melted them all with the power of God. And <laughs> that's what happens. Like, you just, there's no reason for us to fear the specter of Mr. Rogers because we're on the same side. But when you try to stop, like, literally, like, it just, it never came up. 
But if he was still in this earthly realm or alive, we could send him to North Korea and he'd be like, everyone deserves a fair chance. And they'd point guns at him and just like, like yeah, it'd be like, it would be exactly like the, not, like just lightning would start shooting and they'd be like, their heads would explode and shit. And he's just kind of like, I hate to see that happen. And then whatever. And then his TV show would be on in North Korea and their kids would grow up with self-esteem. That's how it works. Okay. Everywhere except for that weird retirement community in Florida where they're like, Mr. Rogers told our kids that they deserve participation trophies and they, they should get a reward for doing nothing for their whole lives like we did. And yeah, I don't know. There's just connective tissue there. I just, if, if anyone gets anything out of this episode, which there's not much to get, but it's that watching people sit there and be like, I tried i guess <laughs> to like do fucking who knows what that's what i would have loved to have seen out of this documentary by the way they never mentioned like whoever made that like what did you do like i think they kind of mentioned it with like they one did. couple they, they sort they, of did like, how hard it is for like but like men who were like in upper management and i to, to like uh to settle down yes. into this community and not try to like take charge of everything. Right. You're supposed to just they, chill they need out to keep and busy like, and they don't know how to how to chill. Yeah. And I get that. I totally understand that. And that's like a good lesson for when you are young and alive where it's like you need something to do. And then, you know, one of my favorite things in the entire fucking world is Mad Men. And it was, you know, when they were done and I won't even preface anything. If you've seen it, you've seen it. If not, go watch it, you idiot. But with they, they, there's this thing where they're like getting bought by another company, and Roger Sterling wants to retire. He's one of the main guys, and Bert's an older guy, Bert Cooper, and Don's like the main character. They do go to him. He's Roger's like, that's fine. I don't care if they buy us out. There's a deck chair with my name on it somewhere, and Bert is like, I've known a lot of guys like you, and they retire and they go to play golf three years later. And he like points into the ground like the ghosts that visit like Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> they're like, yeah, but that is kind of true. Like, I believe that. Like, I, I won't, like, even if I did the kind of thing that you could retire from, like, at this point, I wouldn't even want to. I like what I do. My dad does too. And he, he doesn't, I don't mean to be, just, yeah, I'm not, whatever. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be interested in what he does for money, but he finds it fascinating and he likes what he does. So he's like, my mom's like, you should retire. And he's like, I don't, why? Like, I want to do this. This is what, it's probably keeping him alive longer. It's very good. I'm on his side with that. I'm like, yeah, no, keep doing your thing, man. Like, if that's keeping you going, go for it. Great. So you feel like there's a reason to go get margaritas on Sunday because you worked all week. Sure. That's the thing. Um, and then, you know, me too, myself, as much as socioeconomically, it's like sort of a depressing nightmare that our generation can't really retire. But also like, you know, the things that I do for money, like are things that I'm interested in. So I'm like, yeah, all right, fine. I'll just do that forever. That sounds great. My young wife will keep me young. Great, great, great. Fucking whatever. And if nothing else, I'll at least have this stupid podcast, which you might think I'll stop, but I won't. Even if no one ever cares, this is my church. This is the thing that I do once a week. I force you to come over here, and it's like, eh, it's something. It doesn't matter if no one watches it. Who gives a shit? Um, so, yeah, that part of it I found interesting and good and connective, where it's like, yeah, 
from a broad human agenda, like, yes, this makes sense. Like, yeah, they need something to do. And I would love for my parents to go somewhere where they could go have fun in a golf cart. Like, that'd be great. But the other thing is, though, is when they get into the people who sit there going like, I've worked so fucking hard. Um, they don't ever say what they did. And you know what? It probably wasn't anything that was that hard. Like, oh, were you mining emeralds and with like a pickaxe for forty years, and now you're like, well, I deserve a rest. Like, well, because I'm you just like, sat somewhere like being a firefighters bitch. or anything yes. like that. A real didn't make thing. enough money probably to be able to afford. No, they were just middle years. management, upper like be, just yeah. CEO, fucking stupid people. They were just like the the people that go like, I don't care how good you are at this, you're replaceable. I'm going to fire you. Oops, now that we don't have you, everything's fucked up, but who cares? We'll sell that chunk of the company to the Chinese and that'll raise our fucking public thing and then we got bought out and it's like, technically I did everything as wrong as you possibly could, but ultimately right before it fell apart, it made us a bunch of money, so I get to like retire in this alligator hole. Awesome. <laughs> and you're like, yep, I, I worked real hard. Like, my dad knew a guy and I've just been like, other smart people's moron boss for 50 fucking years and then when they were like you have to retire because we're sick of you and you're like well where is my treat you get to go to where jimmy buffett lives and have a little fun in margaritaville the reverend john wheeler podcast takes zero responsibility for the words actions or ideas of its host guests or listeners though the people on the screen may at times be speaking directly to you and may occasionally give you direct calls to action neither reverend john nor the alchemical cocktail lounge are under any moral or legal obligation to answer for the potentially disastrous repercussions that may arise if you are stupid enough to actually follow the orders of a raving lunatic think for yourself and do whatever you want because you're on your own if anyone ever tries to sue this podcast Podcast, black SUVs will converge on your location in the darkness of night and you will never be seen again. Remember to like and subscribe.